every youngster here on the Michigan team has dreamt of the day that he someday would play on a championship team and come to the Rose Bowl and play in the granddaddy of them all. What's up? Welcome to Divine Intervention on Wolverine Sounds. Craig, it's been a long time. Been a couple weeks, yeah. Life has been kicking my butt, and uh, I think you can attest to fall being the busiest time of the year. A lot of stuff going on, but good to be back. Glad to have you back. I ranted via video last week. Just was kind of ticked off at Michigan fans and said some some things like, "Hey, Michigan's going to win." Uh, over the weekend, they did. It took overtime uh, and a few nervous moments, I guess you could say. A few. I was furious at a couple of times, also. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a weird uh, two weeks of Michigan football. It's been a quiet two weeks in terms of hearing from us. Just give me some thoughts on the Indiana game first, and and kind of how you were feeling from beginning to end. First, let me just say that it was a road game, a Big Ten road game. Uh, I think a lot of people like to skip over that fact in today's sports. Especially college football, people get hung up a lot on rankings and not just the fact that if you win, you win. If you lose, whatever. Um, They were playing a road game, a Big Ten road game, which I think is a big deal. I don't care who the opponent is. I do think Indiana is better than um, like a Rutgers. Uh, I'm definitely more excited to beat a team like Indiana than a game like Rutgers or Illinois. Uh, So... I wasn't really expecting much out of the game. Uh, if you read our score predictions, we we're pretty spot on, all of us, uh, minus the the overtime period. But I think Michigan played just about like I thought they would. I'm frustrated because it's not – I feel like we're in an era right now, at least this season, where it's never going to be good enough until something either magical happens or impressive happens. I mean, beating Penn State on the road could be that thing. But for me, it felt like a weird, it was a noon game, so it's obviously much different than the, the weekend before. Uh, I was at the game, so whenever I go to a game and then don't go to one, uh, it always feels a little less exciting. Uh, but when Michigan tried out in the field against Indiana, I was expecting to see some, some positive things. I was expecting to see the, the playbook kind of condensed a little bit. I saw some things I liked. I saw... Uh, looks like they simplified it a little bit. Obviously, a guy like Karan Higdon put on a show, so that was uh, a big takeaway and a huge positive moment. But overall, just kind of a, a boring, punt-filled game. Uh, not super exciting until Indiana made it exciting at the end, which obviously isn't exciting at all for Michigan fans. Uh, and then obviously, Michigan finds a way to to score right away on a Karan Higdon touchdown on the first play overtime, and then obviously a, a goal line stand. And really the, the second out of the last three years uh, that that's happened. And then there's been a lot of close games uh, in this matchup, a double, overtime, a double overtime game last year too. So I was expecting it to be close, one, because Michigan's struggling, uh, and two, because Michigan-Indiana has actually been uh, a pretty exciting ball game in the last few years here. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm watching the game, it was kind of comical because they're showing uh, Indiana's field, Memorial Stadium, just all the renovations that they're doing and how they're adding all these extra seats and all this cool stuff. And then they show the the actual crowd and there's hundreds of empty seats and you're just questioning why are you even spending the money to to build in. But 
good for them. I uh, definitely think it's a program that's on the up. It has been for the last couple of years, and it's given us some really good games the past few years. Even going back to you know Devin Gardner and Denar Robinson days, there were some some battles there that Indiana maybe was a pushover team for a long time, but I think they're on the up. So, so outside of Karan Higdon, obviously 200 yards, 25 carries, three touchdowns, including the uh, basically the the winning score there. What was impressive uh, to you uh, against Indiana? I just I think. Going off the theme of the season, I think just the the defense continuing to, um, I guess, bail the offense out in a way. There's a lot of times where the offense will go three and out and the defense is right back out there. Um, I, I think that they made a lot of adjustments that, that needed to be made again at halftime in the locker room, which it seems crazy that they've done this now, what, six weeks in a row, um, seven weeks in a row. And they continue to just make those adjustments. Just hats off to the coaching staff that they can continue to, to maybe struggle early on and then come, come out in the second half and just shut down teams. I think there were a lot of times where you know, the quarterback would break loose and he would have some room to run in the first half, whereas in the second half that wasn't always necessarily the case. I would say I agree with the defense. We've touched on Crowd and Higdon. I think the most frustrating part – outside of the offense. I mean, I, I was frustrated at times, definitely not as frustrated as when Michigan played Michigan State and literally couldn't do anything in the second half. Obviously, uh, rain played a factor on that. But what was more frustrating than anything this weekend was the amount of penalties. I think 93 penalty yards at the half. I think Indiana had gained just over 100 yards in total at that point. Uh, so basically similar numbers there. That just can't happen. I don't care if you're playing Rutgers. You cannot get away with committing that many penalties and that many mistakes. I think three personal fouls on the defense. Uh, obviously, there was a personal foul that could have been targeting on Indiana, uh, called not to be so, which I think was the right call. But it was very sloppy on Michigan's end, which is super frustrating to watch because the last thing they can afford to do with an offense that doesn't seem to be able to get it going consistently is make uh, costly mistakes like that. Now, do you think a lot of that is just because of how aggressive they're playing on defense and, and maybe just all the hype that's gone to them, they think that they can just kind of do whatever they want on defense? Yeah, I think that's possible. I definitely think the defensive penalties are less concerning than the offensive penalties. The only problem with the defensive penalties is the timing always seems to be worse. It's a third yeah. down and seven uh, and it's a personal foul that obviously gives them the first down and advances the ball. It keeps the, the opponent's drive alive. And then there's obviously ones on on uh, offense. There was, I think it was maybe second and 10. I think there was a holding, and then there was a false start. It ended up being second and 25, and then a drive that stalled and turned into a field goal. So obviously there are mistakes on both ends that need to be cleaned up, but when I look at a game like a Penn State game coming up, you are definitely not going to win a ball game if you're committing as many penalties as, as Michigan did this weekend. Oh, no, there's no doubt about that. They've definitely got to clean things up for this weekend and, and going forward, and I think that they will. I, I have no doubt that uh, practice this week is going to be revolved around that because there's really just no excuse for how many penalties they had. So we saw the theme against Michigan State. We didn't get to talk much about that game uh, because we didn't podcast 
after it. But obviously turnovers was the big thing in that game. I would say penalties the big thing in this game. They found a way to eliminate the turnovers. Uh, can they find a way to eliminate the penalties? I guess that's what we'll see moving forward. And like you said, anything they can do to clean up uh, the brand of football they're putting on the field is obviously uh, going to work for them. Well, that's all we have for this episode of the Divine Intervention. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you later in the week. Go Blue!